0: You're listening to Uh, to, uh, uh, Medically Unbiased. Unbiased. Offering an unbiased discussion about all things medical. See? An unbiased opinion, Medically speaking?
1: Yeah. Medically Unbiased.
2: Hello and welcome back everybody to another edition of Medically Unbiased. What do we want? Episode 450 or... Five hundred, it's good. Nine, maybe nine's good. (laughs) Maybe nine, yeah, (laughs) whatever. It all blends together. Um. So anyway, hi, welcome back. It's now currently Monday. You guys will be hearing this on Tuesday by the time I get it uploaded. Um. It's now August. The year, in my opinion, is flying by. Yeah. Right. Uh, I always remember my father saying that to me when I was a young man. He'd say. You know, as you get older, time's going to go faster. And I'm thinking, man, you're so stupid. You have no idea what you're talking about, old man. Like, I'm just begging to be 16 so I can drive, and then I'm begging to be 21 so I can drink alcohol. And then get a wife and a mortgage and a kid, and it's like, holy cow.
1: The year's almost over, and... COVID just started an hour ago. (laughs) Well, I remember adding the half. Like, I'm 15 and a half. (laughs) Right. Right? Like, I didn't want to just be 15. Nobody wants to be just 15. Half. 15 and a half, man.
2: You were further, closer to driving by yourself. Closer to 16.
1: Yeah. You know, 17 and a half. Closer to 18.
2: Nobody's like, I'm 39 and a half.
1: (laughs) Far from. Nobody does that shit. They're like, oh, I'm still 29.
2: Yes, still 29 and three quarters. That's what I, That's how I wish my friends happy birthday now. I'm like, happy anniversary of your 21st birthday.
1: Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah,
2: as opposed to just happy old man birthday or whatever. I try and celebrate anniversaries now. so You might as well. Well, you know, it's COVID. We only get so many of them. Yeah. So a uh, couple things today. We're going to talk about sleep, uh, which I think is super important. And I know that all the news is COVID we talked to COVID on the last few podcasts and we'll probably inevitably speak a little bit about it today. But I wanted to touch on something that's very important for health. And as society tries to become more healthy, I think this is one major thing that is overlooked in the medical community. And it's not even, I don't know, I don't think most doctors even ask questions about, well, how much sleep are you getting, you know, unless... Unless you think the patient has, you know, sleep apnea and then you're asking questions. But if you're not digging into those types of information or parts of information of the patient, then you're not, you know, asking about sleep. And that's a very important, uh, very important thing.
1: Oh, yeah. Sleep is needed. It helps us feel better. I mean, how many people and even too much sleep actually. Can be have a negative effect on us. Yeah, it can be counterintuitive. I mean, I I can tell you numerous times when, like, my sweet spot is I don't know six to eight hours, closer to eight. If I exceed eight hours and get into nine or ten, yeah, then I wake up tired. It's the weirdest thing. Think you'd be wide awake. You'd be like, "Oh, great, ten hours of sleep. This is awesome." And then you wake up, you are like. I can go right back to bed, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much.
2: Yeah, there there definitely is a sweet spot and everyone has a little different one, but I do know that you know, after listening to different people in the in the space of the study of sleep, you know, Matthew Walker is one of the number one elite guys and discusses it and he said recently on a podcast he said that the Guinness Book of World Records used to have a record that allowed you to stay up the longest. The person who could stay awake the longest period of time would get whatever. The Guinness Book of World Records, we were awake for 78 hours, whatever the number is. Yeah, He said that after numerous studies, they abolished that for me. It's so dangerous because the dangers of you having severe unintended consequences for being awake for that long i know there's people listening going well i know somebody who was awake for 72 years never slept he just did coke and was crazy no 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 they probably slept at some point in time and he wasn't the stimulant wasn't there he finally slept. yeah or she or whoever it was
1: they crashed hard
2: they crashed super hard but it's more dangerous so his (laughs) his comparison was kind of hilarious and it put into perspective for me how important sleep was. And he said that you can fly to outer space in a hot air balloon for Red Bull and then jump out of it with a parachute strapped to your back. And that's less dangerous than trying to win the longest awake time for the Guinness Book of World Records.
1: That's interesting. That's a
2: pretty good analogy, visual cue on how important sleep is. But I would venture to guess most of the people who listen to the podcast, all five of you now, probably work in the medical community. And you're getting little to no sleep. Because if if you're working graves, like we've all worked graves. You still work graves, Ron. So when working graves, you're oftentimes flipping back to days on your days off to Mm -hmm. be with your family and then flipping back to night. So you're, you're losing periods of time in there and your sleep's kind of jacked up. And even if you've done it for a long time, it studies show that it's not the best sleep.
1: No, it's not. I mean, I've had to work. I have workarounds, right? So I go and, you know, I sleep before work, sleep after work, It's hard to, you know, when somebody doesn't work nights, it's hard to explain to them, you know, the importance of me getting my sleep. But as a night shift worker, I hate to get up at five at night after I've worked that morning, slept all day, woke up at five and then be like, all right, I got to go back to bed at nine. Yeah, I know when I go back to bed at nine, I'm waking up at two or three in the morning, literally awake.
2: Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to start your day. Yeah, when but, nobody else is.
1: But then you know when my wife or kids you know wake me up, try to wake me up earlier, say 12, 1 o'clock. I keep telling them, you know, listen, waking me up in twelve one is fine, but you can't expect me to stay up till ten. Right. It's like waking you up at one in the morning. Well, because
2: people who don't know, we get off work at so if you work graves, you work a twelve-hour shift. You're seven p.m. to seven a.m. But you're different. You work 6 to 6, right? 6 to 6.30. Okay, 6 to 6.30. So you're home by 7, 7.30 in the morning? Yeah. And then right into bed?
1: Right into bed.
2: So they wake you up four hours later after you've been up for a 12-hour night shift, which is more draining than a 12-hour day shift. Because I've done both, and I can attest to the fact that the night shift, is, even though you're in a building that's sometimes don't have windows in the ER, you don't have windows... Uh, ICU rooms generally have windows in the rooms, but sometimes the ER doesn't have any windows. It's still more taxing on my body physically than being at, I could do a 16 hour day shift. Like I could do a, a shift plus a four hour holdover. Yeah, I would not <laughs> do a four hour holdover after a night shift.
1: No, cause I, I already know it at the 12 hour mark of, one, of, of when I woke up. At the twelve hour twelve hour mark, I'm already I can already feel tired and ready for bed. That's why it's easy for me. Yeah, not everybody. No, there's not a lot of people out there that can just go home and go right to bed.
2: I can go home, go right to bed. I always did when I was on graves. I, in fact, I read a meme the other day that made me laugh on a nursing page, and it said that uh, the rumple strips on the side of the highway have been keeping night shift nurses getting home safe for years now and i'm like i
1: remember a few times hitting those rumple strips and being
2: oh crap i'm on the highway
1: yeah especially well luckily i've chose to work close to my house so it's not that far i i, I haven't fallen asleep driving home or dozed off or started to doze off in a in a very very long time it's good well you're kind of acclimated you've been doing this a long time yeah i've been doing this like 17 years yeah So you're on the same schedule but um you know but i definitely do not stay on a night shift schedule on my days off no even when i was didn't have kids and and not married uh I, i for some reason my brain needs to be with everyone else as far as a normalcy
2: and it's funny that you say that because this is vegas and it's before pandemic time, let's talk about the, what it, how it has been for years. I could get all you can eat sushi at four in the morning here. Yeah, Starbucks, like every Starbucks was open twenty four hours to yeah. sit in the Starbucks. Yeah, not the drive up. You go sit in the restaurant at three in the morning and study for school or hang out with your friends or play chess. I mean, whatever they were doing. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff happening at three in the morning, four in the morning here in Vegas. Yeah. Not so much now, but ironic that you even then wanted to be on the day shift schedule.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just something I felt like kept me sane. Um, I I knew friends. I have friends that actually do the whole, um, do the whole uh, day shift or stay on night shift stay up all night right? every single day. But to me, I always felt like a vampire. Like, like I couldn't do it. Like I, 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 I just knew like deep down inside, I would sit there and go, I'd probably want to kill myself to be honest with you. You know, I I don't want to be, you know, there's nothing to do at night. Now, Vegas. Sure. If I was a, if I was, wasn't a local, if I was flying out to Vegas to go gamble and drink and have a good time or whatever that's one thing but when you right. live here yeah you know you mentioned hey we, you know i hung out at starbucks you, you didn't mention hey i hung out downtown on the strip because that's the place to be because that's not where we go that's no. not what we do no that's right i
2: living here i'm not in a hotel i don't live in a hotel i go to home depot just like every other schmo <laughs> you know what i mean picking up stuff for the house and working on like, my, my off time consists of the same as everyone else's. Like, in the Midwest, they might be going to Menards, not going to, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's. But I'm not, I I avoid the strip, like the plague. Probably it's a similar thing to someone in California who's like, I am not going to Disneyland. I will not go to the Knott's Berry Farm.
1: Yeah, because they live there. If you
2: live in Orlando... And someone comes to town, they're like, let's all go to Disney. The family that lives in Orlando is like, oh, my God. You could do anything else. I would go with you, but I'm not going to Disney World.
1: <laughs> but I, as far as my sleep goes, I just feel like it, I feel normal. I feel like, uh, you know, like today. I'll use today as an example. I went to bed around. I went to bed early last night, probably around 7, maybe like 8 or 9 o'clock. Okay. For me, that's early. Usually, yeah. around nine or ten, is when I fall asleep. But okay. I, you know, I went to bed. I had a little bit of a headache. Yeah. And I was up at, I don't know, seven thirty, eight o'clock this morning. Mm. Got up, did my stuff, whatever. Sometimes I'm up a little earlier, six o'clock, right, seven. You know, did uh, you know? Made breakfast for the kids. You know, just kind of went on through my day. Made my 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 keto coffee. You know. D- I feel I feel fine that's know? good. I don't feel like oh geez I just got done working 10 out of 12 at the local hospital what right I feel fine so but I always felt like uh, for me to make it work though and and I, I do this pretty well and I know a lot of people that don't the day that they go back to work for me like I'll sleep at nine o'clock I'll get up at seven in the morning mm-hmm. and then at 12 one o'clock I'm back to bed yeah and I sleep till five. Right, and if I don't do that, I usually get tired at night because I generally do not. I'm not tired at night.
2: That's good because I I would wide be wide. super tired depending on what I'm doing. Like if I'm engaged in
1: something, I'm not as tired. But you're you know, but you're more physical. You know, you're working on stuff. You're, you know what I'm saying. You yeah. you're always doing something. I'm just kind of loafing around the house. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not I'm not exerting much energy right in the morning that's the other thing i can serve it but i i don't know how it would well you would know better because you work nights yeah
2: i worked nights i'm on days now and i'm much better for it i think i'm a much happier person on days than i was on nights i did nights because that's your entry level into the acute care facilities the long-term people are on days and the new people if you're a new nurse or a new I don't know. Nurse practitioners are different, and doctors are going to be different because they're going to round most time of the day, unless unless you're a hospitalist. And if you're a nurse practitioner or a hospitalist for a hospitalist group, you'll probably be on nights because you'll be doing nighttime admissions. Yeah. While the doctors are actually rounding in the day, so yep. you'll night you'll do night admissions. You'll be on graves again, twelve hours, and then here in Vegas anyway. Most of those people are seven on seven off. Yep. So doing seven twelve Sunday through Saturday, and then they're off the next week. You know so they're back to a day shift schedule but when it comes to sleep i was struggling with my sleep and i didn't believe that i had sleep apnea my wife didn't say that i snored or i'd stopped breathing but i didn't feel like i was getting quality sleep so i wanted to figure out how to measure that and quantify what type of sleep i was getting was i getting you know rem sleep was i getting you know deep sleep was I tossing and turning? How much time of my in-bed time was I awake or not? And so about six months ago, I purchased a thing called an Oura Ring, O-U-R-A ring.com. Now, this ring, it's not cheap. I mean, I guess if you have an Apple Watch, you, this is nothing really. It's another 400 or 300 bucks to spend, I guess. But the Apple Watch, and we talked about this pre-show, is that I always was on the charger at night, and it wasn't giving. And I don't like wearing the watch anyway. I'm not a. To me, it's either freaking daytime or nighttime. That's what time it is. Yeah, I'm either at work or I'm not. And then beyond that, it's day or night. You know. Um. And my phone has a clock on it, so I really I'm not a big watch guy. So to me, the Apple Watch was a waste of money. Really, I have one. I have an Apple. I have the Series Four, and then they came out the Series Five. It's good because I can help my patients use the EKG feature. I know how to interact with it. I can help them set theirs up. But that's it. I don't use it for the health app, the health features. I don't use any of those things on the apps on that watch. I underutilize the hell out of that watch. I get it. But I'm not a fan. Now, the Aura Ring is literally a ring that goes on your finger. Now, they sell a sizing kit, and it's, I think, $5.00. It's a bunch of plastic rings that come to you that are the size of the aura ring. And then you can wear the plastic ring for a couple days. And I suggest if you buy this at the website, it's aura o u r a r i n g O U R A R I N G.com. If you were to buy the ring or the, the actual ring that goes on your finger, I would wear the plastic ring for a few days because I thought I would mirror my wedding ring on my right hand and wear it on my ring finger.
1: That makes sense.
2: And I thought, oh, I'll be comfortable, you know, similar. However, it was not comfortable. <laughs> hmm. Very uncomfortable to have a ring on my right hand anywhere. I tried pinky, index finger. I tried, I tried everything on my right hand because I already have a wedding ring on my left hand.
1: And you're right-handed, though. And right? I'm
2: right-handed. Yeah. So it was just ridiculously uncomfortable. I could not keep the plastic ring on. And know that the plastic ring is slightly, I think, thicker than the actual ring. Uh, I didn't bring a plastic one today to show, but it's slightly thicker. So even though it was, I, I didn't know that at the time because I didn't have the other ring and I needed different sizes. Yeah. So I now wear it on my left hand, on my pinky next to my wedding ring. So everyone asks, well, do you have two rings on. And to joke today at work, one of the patients asked me, I said, well, I have two wives. It's just easier that way. <laughs> she looked at me like I was crazy and I didn't let her in on the secret Um, because I thought it would be fun to mess with her. She's 85. She
1: didn't care. She didn't care. (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) She was asking to be polite. So anyway, this ring integrates by Bluetooth with your phone. Now, because you got to charge the Apple Watch every day, this one's really cool because I can wear it, shower with it. It's waterproof up to like 100 meters. But in the shower, I'm not swimming. I'm not diving with it. I wear it uh, all the time. And then I only have to charge it every four or five days, six days. So I'm getting constant data from this device. And when it charges, it only takes, I don't know, an hour to charge the whole thing. You take the ring off, it sets on a little post, a USB post, and charges. And then it'll tell you when it's done. So Bluetooth to my phone, and it gives me all of my stats. So it'll tell me at night what my total sleep time is, total in-bed time, which I don't input anything. This automatically does it. So... You kind of have to, I don't know, you kind of have to pay attention believe that the data is real. But I can tell you that when the data comes back to me that I got at least an hour of deep sleep, regardless of the total sleep time, if I have an hour of deep sleep, I feel better than on the days that I don't have an hour of deep.
1: That's good information to have. So it's really cool
2: because it gives me total sleep. The efficiency is how much time between the time you lay down and then t- to bed and the time you actually fell asleep. It'll give you restfulness if you were super restful, or if you got up and down and moved around a lot. REM sleep, it'll measure your deep sleep um, and uh, sleep stages. It'll show all those in a graph for you. It also gives you your resting heart rate and your heart rate variability, which is a very good marker of your health. So... Gives you respiratory rate and in COVID world it gives you body temperature changes by day. So you can go on the body temperature changes and you can see any major fluctuations in body temperature to see if you're not feeling well, if you're like, I don't feel good, I feel kinda sick. This will measure your body temp and you can go back and find out when that started.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah. It'll trend it for you. You can do the daily, you can do the weekly trends. Um it's really a good device. Now, in the world of wearables, we we'll call these wearables, watches, rings, Whoop makes a bracelet that Joe Rogan has talked about on his podcast and one oh, of the yeah. doctors I work with really likes the Whoop bracelet. He likes it more than the Oura ring personally. Yeah. I don't like things on my wrist. I'm fine with the ring.
1: Yeah, I might like the bracelet.
2: Yeah. So, I have I wear watches. Yeah, right. He likes he he does too. Um but he's a golfer, a big a big golfer. So he doesn't want to be gripping clubs with a ring in this. Yeah. Uncomfortable. But the bracelet's not bothersome for him.
1: Yeah, it might be something to look into.
2: So I've seen it. Have you, yeah. So Joe Rogan likes it. I've watched his podcast when he talks about it. He seems to think that the Whoop bracelet's pretty cool. But it does something similar, right? So yeah. both of the devices, though, and the Oura Ring specifically, because I have the app. I use it every day. I've been using it. Nonstop for, I guess, more than six months. I think I got it in November last year. So almost a year now. year. Um, The one thing I found is that I don't... It doesn't have a spot in the software for me to put messaging or data in. In other words, I would really like to be able to say I ate dinner at 9 p.m., Mm. right? And I ate a dinner with 15 grams of carbs you know, 54 or 60 grams of fat. Like I'd like to break down my macros and put it in there so that when I go back and I find my days where I didn't sleep well, can I correlate that with diet or exercise or physical activity or inactivity? Is there a trend or is there a correlation for me personally?
1: Yeah, I would like to see if when you had that big meal, depending on what it was right if your body temperature obviously went up more obviously because your body's working the food off right and you know if if you were more uncomfortable right before you went to bed because right. you had a meal
2: correct and I and I believe that to be the case but I'd have to use a separate app and then I would have to download the data and then I'd have to compare the two trends manually I just think it would be really cool. If it was all in one app. So, or, uh, if you're out there listening to this podcast, they could be one of the five people. They could be honestly, I mean, this is a highly side we pack in this, in this one to one and a half hour podcast, we pack about 15 minutes of really good information in here. Good stuff. In yes. There. I mean, it's, it's dense, very dense with data and knowledge um, but we spread that out so that, you know, we don't
1: bore you so much,
2: right? I mean, it's so much data. It'd be just like listening to your lecture from high school and <laughs> you'd fall asleep. It'd be horrible. Then you need an aura ring to find out how long you've been sleeping during the <laughs> podcast. It'd be a win really. So anyway, that when it comes to sleep, I highly suggest you look at, uh, you know Matthew Walker's website if you want to understand more about how sleep affects you or negatively affects you um, because he's got a ton of data on here about you know how he's trying to correlate he's actually correlating lack of sleep to early onset dementia mm. so um it's pretty it's- fascinating really that you can uh, he started looking at alzheimer's disease and brainwave patterns is what he where he started with dementia. But he didn't get anywhere with that. He was having trouble getting the data. And he noticed that if he was monitoring brainwaves with people while they're sleeping, when they're not aware, he would get way more results. And he's found that people who didn't get good sleep, like maybe presidential candidates <laughs> <laughs> that are out running for political office right now. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, in the basement. Well, or in the Oval Office, I think, you know, Trump Trump says as much stupid shit as anybody. Right. Goofy stuff. I think
1: any president doesn't get a lot of sleep.
2: That's my point. Look at how they age, you know, and look at Obama. Obama went into office like looking dapper, you know, that great voice, that good speaking voice. Mm -hmm. He came out eight years later. Gray. Yeah. I think he
1: was shorter.
2: I mean, not later, but it just, he didn't, he looked, he looked freaking beat down, dude. That job wears on you. Yeah, it does. And they're up from the crack of dawn probably till
1: way past dark. They're not getting eight hours of sleep a day. Yeah, I'm sure they get woken up for things too.
2: All the time. So look at the physicians, young residents that come to you It's just past July. We're a month into your R1s, your first-year resident docs that are in the hospitals, all your teaching facilities. Those doctors look beat down.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They're
2: they're residents for a reason. They call them residents because they're there all the time. So true residents, like hardly ever, seldom leave the hospital. Now, this isn't like Grey's Anatomy. They're not sleeping in closets and dating, you know, messed-up, coke-addicted people nurses but Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i'm just saying that there's something to be said for the amount of physical capacity you have the mental capacity you have when you're not getting good sleep yeah i
1: i I think you're right
2: so to me the aura ring was my it helped me know what my body was doing and if anyone's curious to like figure out themselves what's going on with them or how to fix their stuff, like. To me, that's part of being your own biggest advocate. So you can go to a doctor and say, well, I'm not getting good sleep at night. Or you can call your nurse practitioner or your PA and say, I'm not getting very good sleep at night. And they're going to give you the you know textbook answer that says, well, you need to not eat before you go to bed and stop drinking caffeine. But what if that's not what's affecting you? And you don't know that until you do some testing. So if you really want to know, you have to invest some money and some time because even if you're doing the right diet, you're doing keto, you're, you know, exercising, but you're not losing any weight. What if you're under a ton of stress? And right now it's stressful because of the whole no yeah. jobs thing. People are out of work. So it's stressful. You're not sleeping very well. All of that is going to increase cortisol production. and You're not going to actually have yeah, stress, good weight
1: loss. Stress is huge. Yeah. Can't emphasize that enough. Having stress on our own body, even if it's, even if it, if, see the beauty of sleep, is you if you have the data that supports that you're not sleeping well, you can fix that. That's fixable. That's yeah. at least obtainable. But like you know, unless you're going out getting tests to see what what you're allergic to or not allergic to, if certain foods uh, start stress you out too, on top of it, like there's a lot of other things that stress your body out. Yeah. That you need, you need to go and, like, get blood work on or, or you know, whatever. This is, this is like a game changer. It you, could be. You get in good sleep mentally. Keeps you clear. Yeah. You know?
2: And think about this. I'm not asking anyone to go jogging. I've said this before. If you see me running, keep up. There's a grizzly bear chasing me, someone with a gun. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not a good day. I'm not, I don't like to run. I used to, but I, I got a car. I'm good. I don't need to run.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't need to run either.
2: But Matthew Walker, he's the professor of neuroscience at UC Berkeley. He is an expert on sleep. Um, he talks about, uh, I think it's humansleepscience.com is his website. And uh, he actually has linked poor sleep to cardiovascular disease, cancer, sexual dysfunction, dementia. Um, all of these things that we're currently... Like, heart disease and cancer, number one and two. And what if I could tell you that we could help assist you by getting better sleep? You don't have to take a drug, and it doesn't cost you anything. You just get to sleep more. That'd be nice. <laughs> right? Now, don't get me wrong. It's not always easy. If you run a business or you're busy, like, I get it. There's excuses for everything. But this is one of those things that if my listeners are actually out there trying to better themselves, get to feeling better, do better, then I truly believe that you guys want to know how you're sleeping. And if you don't know, you need to find out. Because I used to think I knew, and I was really wrong. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was getting good sleep or decent sleep, and then I wasn't sure. By the time I got this, now I can tell you for sure. When I feel like crap when I wake up in the morning and I didn't get much sleep, I'll look down and, on my phone to find out what my data is and my, my sleep pattern is way off. But if I wake up rested and ready to attack the day, I look down and I sure enough, I got hour, hour and a half of deep sleep. I seldom get a lot of REM sleep, not a lot of dream sequences in my world, but I do get good. When I get good deep sleep. Yeah, it's a whole better day.
1: Yeah. See, and I think I get my deep sleep after I've exceeded eight hours (laughs) seriously that's when i wake up the most tired but or there's nothing worse than to to fall asleep and literally wake up eight hours later and go man i don't even remember sleeping like i still feel tired right you know that's that's a tough one for me sometimes you know
2: no that makes sense uh well let's go on should we go on the next topic let's uh see we can break for a commercial break real quick here and then uh we'll talk about the next topic how's that sound Sounds great, dude. Medically unbiased. So, what do you have to talk about with us today, man?
1: Well, we could talk a little co- little COVID, baby. We could go back to COVID? More COVID I, news. I don't know. We could talk local stuff, too. Which is interesting, especially about COVID.
2: Yeah, there's some interesting stuff. Uh, you showed me a website earlier today about the actual counts. And it's honestly probably one of the best pieces of data i've seen on COVID. remember we've talked extensively about this yeah and the lack of transparency from every entity out there
1: yeah and i think they're starting to compile and get the data well at least the cdc was and then trump said something about having him have him get the data then i think people got confused
2: well i I think it's been who
1: gets the data
2: I don't. It, it, Trump's not handling anything. Like everyone thinks. I don't understand. Like he's literally like, oh, four more people die. Like he doesn't know. He's told stuff. No. He has no clue. No clue. What's coming? What's happening? He doesn't know. Well, nobody.
1: Nobody does. No. I mean, but here's the dile- even. So. Even Fauci said the other day when he was being spoken to by I think it was Senator Johnson. Okay. Uh, I don't. I, I can't remember. But you know, they asked him. You know, um Dr. fauci, you're saying people should social distance, wear a mask, not be in big groups, right, and the next question is, well, should they not protest hmm. and he um uh uh well, that's not for me to say that that well, you say a lot of things about a lot of things, you know you you talk a lot.
2: Yeah, he talks about it, a lot of stuff. All kinds We've of stuff. We've shown on this podcast that he's contradicted himself numerous times. The, so You don't need to wear masks, people. Masks are it, bad for you. Yeah,
1: so it's frustrating to hear him. It's an honest question, you know, protesting or not, okay? If you're in, If you're in a big pile of people and everyone's yelling and screaming and throwing rocks or pleasantly protesting or aggressively Antifa protesting, you know, yeah. The the reality of it is if you want to stop the spread, then maybe you should revert back to social distancing in yeah. those protesting. Hey, you can protest. There's nothing wrong with it. But you don't need 9,000 people in a in a, you know, 10 foot square. That's all. Spread right. it out a little bit. <laughs> Get uh megaphones. For people. I, th- I think they probably have
2: them. I haven't seen any protests, but I'm I'm thinking they probably have.
1: But, so the struggles, you know, the struggles that we have is, you know, Fauci doesn't understand, you know, Fauci can't answer the question, but he's the one that she should be directing it. And, you know, there's people out there that are making the argument that, well, he's just trying to stay on the Democratic side. Um, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to mess around with politics, but it's, been all politics or you know this health crisis has been nothing but left wing versus right wing it's been very difficult from a medical professional you know me and you dude we're stuck in the middle of this whole thing
2: yeah i get asked questions about it all the time and uh like when's it gonna stop what's gonna happen and i you know i'm pretty middle ground when it comes to my politics i'll i will go after both parties equally, because I think they're all a bunch of... But politics aside, I'm looking at the science of masks and how how they work. And I keep going back to what we used masks for eight months ago. In January, I used a mask to protect me from the other people. When it was an N95 high particulate, mask now there's all these internet gurus out there that will say crap like well it's a respirator if, if it has two straps on it if it's got two straps it's a respirator mm. oh shut up it's a freaking mask n95 mask and then they're like well there's an exhalation valve because some n95 masks not hospital versions but there are n95 masks with an exhalation valve well our hospital won't allow visitors to use those masks because when they breathe out, just the air they're leaving their body goes right through that exhalation port. Funny how far opposite world we've come on masks in just a few short months.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
2: And I noticed the other day, I was working on my house, so I was at the hardware store, they have cases. Upon cases of surgical face masks. Wow. We didn't have the production capability. We were short masks. Now that they're $29 for 50,
1: it used to be five. (laughs)
2: Five five for 100.
1: Yeah, right?
2: (laughs) It was five bucks for 100 delivered.
1: Delivered on Sunday. On
2: Sunday with a full moon. Yeah. I mean, again, the mask thing, it goes from the people who say that they're doing right. And what's. so, again, just for reiteration, I think we should listen to this.
0: Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really closely to this. uh, Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better and it might even block a a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying of, of, inside of, of, there? Of course. Of course. But when you think masks, you
1: should think of healthcare providers needing them and people who are ill. And you know right what? Now- you know what's funny about that? Is he's absolutely 100% correct in that particular in that clip statement yes. alone. And that was in March. 100%. On 60 minutes. That right there if he said that when when I don't know. Can you pull up the, the Johnson clip of Fauci or whatever? Oh,
2: yeah. I'll see if we can pull that up. So,
1: when he asked that, he asked that, you know, about the protesters, like, should they stop? You know, because, you know, the, about not wearing masks or wearing masks or whatever. Mm-hmm. He could easily have said that same statement right there and said, Masks do not work with protesters. As right. a matter of fact, they don't work with anybody that's wearing them. Because there's, you know, as he's saying, you're touching the nose, you're touching the mask, you actually potentially could make things worse. And I always, I true, truly feel that, I truly feel that masks give this self, this... Um, um, fake sense of security. sense of security. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I truly do. You know, but there again, I get so frustrated seeing, you know, people not only wearing masks, they're wearing gloves. I mean, all that stuff just really pisses me off anyways. Well,
2: it doesn't necessarily piss me off. I mean, if people want, actually, let's make sure everyone's good. That doesn't piss me off at all. If somebody desires to wear a mask and gloves, whether appropriately or inappropriately, I don't give a shit. If they're in a Tyvek suit and the gloves are duct taped to seal them in, more power to you, whoever you are. Okay. Enjoy that moment. Do your thing. You do you. I don't care. Okay. When you mandate that I do to protect you from me, now I got a problem. That's the problem. Like, I don't believe that that's... But if... But if sick just like Fauci said in March, if sick people want to wear masks and healthcare
1: providers need to wear masks, by all means yeah. wear them. Wear them. But, but. I, but I don't think non sick people should really be wearing. Them. See, here's, the, here's where we differ, which is good because we need a little spice
2: yeah, like in this difference. relationship. <laughs> I
1: like it. Is that I see somebody wearing The gloves and the mask. Right. And they have this false sense of protection. Yeah. Though they feel they could touch every living thing, grocery shopping being one of them. Right. As opposed to, okay, I'm not wearing gloves. I better be careful with what I touch. Yeah. Because obviously, maybe I touch my nose. None of these people are pulling out any type of antiseptic, antibacterial, anti-anything. They're not... Putting it on their hands, they can give two shits about it because you know what they got their gloves on. It's okay. And they've already touched <laughs> their phone. Yeah, but at the they've end already of the day. touched their f- nose. They already there's a lot of things going on. And especially What's you know, the I, difference
2: I, now than they did they did that shit
1: lo- back lo- six months ago. Yeah, but here's what I love. I love the I love the opportunity. Now if you go to Medically Unbiased on Twitter, you'll see this really, really sweet video. <laughs> so it's this guy, he walks up to to Domino's and he must not have a mask on. No, he had a mask on. He had a he had a shirt, T-shirt looking mask <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah. So he must not have the appropriate mask for the Karen out there that was working at the store. This particular person who's telling this person, you know, you need to wear, you know, you don't have a mask on. You're not wearing the correct mask. You can't wear just your shirt. As she is having this conversation with this intelligent man. <laughs> Thank you. Her mask is on her chin. <laughs> Literally, you can see her lips. You can see her nose. And she probably touched it about, I don't know, 10 times as she was <laughs> frustrated and upset with this customer coming in to order uh, an F and pizza. Yeah. So, I, I mean, this is the kind of shit... That I talk about that that drives me batty too, and I, I think here's what we do agree upon: is is the arguing, you know, that why does that person have a right to say something to you when they're not properly wearing their mask appropriately?
2: I don't think anybody has the right to say anything to anybody. It's not it's not my job to protect other people. I'm sorry, it's not. I treat other people as a medical professional, and I protect them for as much as I can. But if we're going to be consistent in this protect everyone message, why are cigarettes still purchasable? Why are they available for purchase when we know they cause cancer or alcohol? Alcohol yeah. causes drunk driving and stupid things, and yeah. it makes the send button on your phone that much bigger. You know, I mean, alcohol makes... Goofy guys like me dance. Or phone or or texting and driving. Like, why why does your phone work while your car is running? Why is there not a system that when you start your car, your phone is completely disabled and unable to be used in the car? So these are all things that we don't focus me. on. We focus on shit like masks because you could kill other people.
1: Yeah, well, that's my argument with the whole mask thing. So, and it, Karen's out there, can see it. And they can, you know, they can the, the medical mob or the non medical mob can yell at you for not wearing it. And then when you when you you know, when you want to be a smart ass, but even though it's just as effective as a mask by pulling your shirt up above your mouth and your nose, I mean what's the difference from this person walking out to the goddamn uh, parking lot, finding a mask on the ground <laughs> And throwing it on his face. so There's no difference. A a
2: buddy of mine said that the other day. (laughs) He was joking, of course, because I know him well enough to know that it was a joke, but it was so funny. He said, uh, you know, I went to the store and forgot that I needed a mask, so I found one on the ground and went into the store. I'm like, that's perfect, (laughs) because how sad is that? First of all, why is it on the ground? Why are people throwing all their garbage on the ground? We're pretty trashy people, if that's what we're doing. And second... They don't give a shit where you got the mask from, what it's made of. If grandma knitted it. It doesn't matter. So then it becomes a, you know, do as I say, not as a... No, no. And then I, the first early on in this, I heard the argument that, well, my my surgeon must wear a mask to protect himself from my horrible organs that are diseased. Is that what the problem is? I said, no. But he also doesn't touch his nose and his face. Yeah. Doesn't touch anything. You know, so Fauci now has said... uh he, what did he say? So he was asked the question.
0: Material, uh, gloves are handkerchiefs effective? Um, can you talk about PPE for the general public? Well, you know, the best PPE for the general public, if possible, right now, is to maintain the physical and social distancing. But as we've said...
2: That's true. Yeah. Fine. Stay away from people. You don't need masks. Right? Yep. He goes on.
0: And I think all of us would agree... There are certain circumstances in which it is beyond your control when you need to do necessary things, like go to the drugstore and get your medication, go to the grocery store and get your food. Mm-hmm. That in fact you need some supplementation to just physical distancing. And that's the reason why some time ago the recommendation was made. I believe it was Dr. Redfield at the CDC who first said that, about getting some sort of a covering. We we don't want to call it a mask because back then we were concerned. We would be taking masks away from the healthcare providers, but some sort of mask like facial covering.
1: Where it's needed. Right. <laughs> Where it's the most
2: important. So he even says on this interview published in May, May 12th, that the reason he didn't make the mask, wanted to make the mask end date, is because it's not helpful and they were needed for healthcare providers. Right? Yeah. Which are treating the sick patients. Yes. So. He didn't. He didn't say that you need it for the patients that are sick. He needed for the healthcare providers that are wearing it to protect themselves from the sick people. There you go. He That's- never. Ne- no one has ever said, "Well, we need masks for all the coronavirus victims." Yeah. Well, so they
1: can protect us from themselves. CDC is changing their story a little bit now. They're they're trying to put blame back onto the American people. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's gonna be which is there's enough blame to go around everywhere. Which is, you know, crazy. Crazy so, talk.
0: I think for the time being, should be a very regular part of how we prevent the spread of infection. And in fact, the more and more as you go outside, right here and where I'm sitting in Washington DC, you can see many people out there with masks on. Which...
2: Well, so now everyone needs to wear a mask. Now, those that's two months apart, sixty days. Yeah. From the no mask, that's stupid. You don't need masks. That's a waste of your time. To now if you listen to how he says things versus how he said them, just just this presentation. He's couched this conversation in a much different tone than before. He was very cavalier in his first, you know, conversation on 60 yeah. minutes. More like a real conversation with somebody. Yeah. You know, like that. man. Yeah, right no, you don't need to wear masks. That's, uh, that's just extra work. It's not necessary. It's not going to help you. He's pretty nonchalant in having just a general conversation with the interviewer yeah. on 60 Minutes. Now he's like, in certain instances where you could be close to or further away from people you may otherwise not know, like, you're... It's do you think like he's writing a college paper? Do,
1: do you think he he got to this point because of the oh shit moments of Italy and New York blowing up with the extreme amount of deaths? No,
2: because they were blowing up with the same amount of deaths at the time when he was saying not to wear In masks. March. Yes. They were five weeks ahead of us. Okay. So they were already having massive death. There
1: we had very little to none in March.
2: Right. Yeah. We we all know thanks to Cuomo, our numbers went from zero to thirty thousand in like a month. He killed a bunch of old people in old folks homes, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. But Fauci's comment on the mask thing was, the medical professionals need the masks, not everybody. That was in March. Now it's eh, everybody needs a mask to prevent the spread. But again. He didn't want to say the word mask, but he said face covering.
1: Yeah, because he didn't want masks per se, and I put up quotations. Yeah, mask mask. Quotations. so
2: but face coverings—that's a very broad term. Zorro wore a face covering. Yeah, over his eyes that he could see
1: out of. Well, here's my point—not oh, n- even a point. This is just my my. We've been doing this for months. We've watched people wear masks. We've watched people not wear masks. You know, anything prior to March or, you know, maybe June before all that, people had a choice to wear masks. Was the numbers going up then? Probably not. Probably not as much. Uh, we've been told or mandated to wear masks in the hot zones, I guess you would call it, uh, probably pretty, what, probably July? The first week of July maybe June maybe back in June maybe late June early July whatever uh numbers still going up now granted we're testing more I think Nevada is around twelve seven twelve thousand seven hundred people a, a week yeah uh, as far as testing goes we're yeah. testing more but there again we're t- we're testing everybody now literally everybody what we're n- what you know who we're not testing anymore The super elderly. Yeah, because that's who we tested first. (laughs) So now you're going to get every age group from zero to 50 coming in, getting their tests. Like, you know, I've heard stories of... I've heard a few stories out there, and I'm going to bring this up now. A few stories. So a couple things. One story of... Well, my my wife wasn't feeling well, so I decided to take her to the uh, UMC... (laughs) <laughs> Emergency which is, room, which is one of our one trauma of our, one centers here. Well, no, no, UMC has a testing center. So oh, okay. does UNLV. They okay. have testing spots. And you know why I was there? I figured, you know, why not just test me too? <laughs> really? Like why? Like there's a lot of people that are just being tested because, guess what? They have seasonal allergies and maybe they're starting to feel, you know. My uncle, brother's
2: nephew's dog died. And And then he could have been COVID. I I petted him six months ago. Yeah. I'm going to get tested.
1: Well, here's the other thing. And I've heard this, and I would love to, you know, if anybody has experienced this, I would love for you to reach us out at medicallyunbiased.com. Thank you. Or even hit us up on Twitter. At medicallyunbiased, ironically enough. Yeah. Um, About people that have actually gone to these clinics, waited in line, filled out their information. And then after about an hour or so, because the lines are quite long, just said, you know what, I'm out and left. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, four days later, get a call saying that their COVID test was positive. Yeah, I've heard that stuff too. I would love I would love to hear actually somebody that actually experienced that because I've heard that too. Yeah, but I've never spoken to anybody that's done that.
2: I've always heard through third party. Yeah, me too. Right? Like, and so I I can't believe it till I hear but,
1: it. Yeah, I agree. But I'm not say, But here's the thing. I'm not saying that it that you know people are just are just go ahead and just make everybody positive. I'm not right. I'm I, I'm not advocating that that's the case. But with the amount of people, twelve thousand, you know, we're twelve. Who knows what Florida is, right? The, mm-hmm. the, I'm sure their numbers are quite higher. You know,
2: maybe I don't know. We could look at the, up
1: there. Potentially, could be there will be mistakes mistakes do happen I'm sure there's a plus there's on on statistically I'm sure there's a plus minus there's a delta there's all that yeah so the other the other question is um, if you're getting if you're getting the tests you know is it yeah. is it as critical to know oh great we had you know 10,000 cases today right? You know, really the conversation should be yeah, with the ten thousand is maybe a hundred people hospitalized from the ten thousand. Well or
2: whatever. So there's a lot of info out there on whether or not the treatment and the and the amount of positives and negatives are any good. Like Nevada does have a really good website here. The one piece of data they're missing is it's not differentiating between positive total tests done. Or they have total tests says molecular tests total tests sixty six hundred and forty one thousand tests uh they did four thousand six hundred and thirty nine of them today or I mean, that might have been yesterday's and it says plus so that might have been yesterday's numbers out of all of those six hundred and forty one thousand there's fifty one thousand confirmed cases of those but only eight hundred and forty seven deaths
1: Well, is the 51,199 cases, are they all each individual person or? Multiple tests per person. It doesn't tell me that. It also doesn't tell
2: me, are they antibody testing? Is Is this the antibody positives lumped in with current active positive swabs? Right? Yeah. Doesn't tell me. So- I mean, I like the data. It's way better. It even breaks it down by gender, age. And that was kind of funny. Looking at the age category in Nevada, so of all of these people, you're talking the 20 to 29-year-olds make up 22% of the positive cases in Nevada. Mm -hmm. Men and women are equal, 51% female, 50% or 49% male. And then... uh. The elderly population is only 7%. The 70-plus population is only 7% in Nevada. And then 9% from 60 to 69. And then the numbers continue to get bigger as you go down the age scale. That's Except, pretty cool.
1: Do the do uh, children, what is it, zero to... Um,
2: oh, yeah, zero to 10. 3%, it says.
1: Yeah.
2: 3%. It, However... When you, I mean, in this, in the 10 to 19 is only 8%, but that's still more than the, the, so if you're looking at why the kids aren't going to school, this is what they're looking at is this stuff. However, what it doesn't tell me is if it's positive, currently positive, or if they have, you know, titers or develop antibodies to it.
1: Well, getting, you know, getting back to the whole mask thing too, if masks truly do work, which they're saying what helps slow the spread down. Right. Why are so many people still testing positive? That's, well, that's the, that's what frustrates me. We, the we most, both
2: man. know that the mask is, is a horrible argument because people are touching their face. They're scratching their nose. We've talked about this numerous no, times. I get they're, it. They're touching their face more, but than nobody else is otherwise. talking about
1: it, but like, they're doing it more. I mean, he so, did in March.
2: Yeah. But I'm saying because they're touching their face more frequently, that's why they people are getting sick. We're gonna have a, a woman on next week, on the podcast next week, who tested positive for COVID. She's a, you know, she was sick with COVID for weeks. She's gonna talk to us about all the details. It's a survivor, be, a real survivor. It's gonna be juicy. oh yeah. But the stuff that she's gonna talk about is pretty interesting because, you know, she has young kids. She's married and uh how they dealt with it and the fact that she wasn't wearing a mask and she wasn't around people when supposedly she contracted covid so interesting the touching of things and touching of faces and that's i do i don't think that we've exhausted that transmission cause yeah you know i don't think that's something that's been explored deeply enough we've talked about it a couple of times and there's different studies that have mentioned it but to me it hasn't been actually explored well enough
1: yeah it's been it's unfortunate that we don't know yeah well we, we may never know yeah
2: h1n1 in 2009 was 60 million positive cases we're talking barely to, almost a 5 million positive cases here there was 60 million positive cases of
1: h1n1 yeah and i heard there was there was uh, like eighteen thousand deaths of up to eighteen, like zero to zero. Yeah, the
2: young, the population that was affected the most disproportionately was zero to eighteen year olds. Yeah, on H one, no 19. masks then. No, didn't hear any masks.
1: No global no, shutdown.
2: No shutdown. No social distancing. None of these terms that we have become so familiar with now. That didn't exist. But sixty plus million cases of H one n one in two thousand nine. Now, if we look at death rates in the U.S. of COVID, I think we're about, um, so in Nevada, I know it's really low. But U.S. confirmed cases, 4.8 million deaths versus confirmed is 158,000.
1: Well, i There was an article in uh, Medscape that talked about um, they're predicting, um, I think they're predicting 10,000. Let me see here. I've got it right here. They're predicting 11,000 people could die weekly in August, up to 11,000 people. Really? CDC is in August. Okay. So that's coming up. What's now? It's August. It's currently August. Up to 11,000 people could die weekly in August. Where? Are they going back to New York? That's not good. By late August. Okay. The forecast includes predictions from 32 groups about U.S. deaths in coming weeks during the week of August 16th through the 22nd. Deaths could increase to 5,000 to 11,000 new deaths. Overall the total death count for the US could reach hundred and sixty eight to hundred and eighty two thousand deaths by August twenty second.
2: Well that's only ten thousand more people. That sounds shitty to say only. Yeah. I'm oh, only well, talking about ten thousand deaths, but we're talking three hundred and thirty million Americans and you're talking ten thousand people are gonna die of and generally these people are have the die, people who die have underlying health other underlying health conditions yeah. anyway.
1: Well the C D C wrote that.
2: Well, I'm just saying this number, This we were talking about the flu and comparing H1N1. Now, I'm not saying that this is – I hate people when I say it. They think I'm saying that this disease doesn't exist. This disease, coronavirus, truly exists. It's a thing, and it kills people. I'm not disputing that one bit. I am, however, saying that of the 4.8 million confirmed cases – as medical professionals, we got a pretty good handle on this because only one hundred and fifty-eight thousand people died. That's three whoa, percent.
1: Whoa, 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 no! Where'd you get the three percent from? One hundred and fifty-eight. You have to do one hundred and fifty-eight thousand people. Yes, into three hundred and twenty million. I'm talking no confirmed yeah. over deaths. You you would never confirm over deaths. You you can't do that number. Why can't you? Because it's based on population, not based on who's positive or negative. Because you have no idea who was positive and negative, so you can't, You have to. I'm s- only using the
2: confirmed cases because out of the deaths, they came out of the confirmed cases. But
1: everybody in the United States could get COVID. Yes. Yes, you. But okay, I, I haven't so put
2: extrapolated that, the data because I don't know how many correct positives so negatives. Just
1: for now, just do the the. Whatever that number, but you can't use 100.
2: No, you can't use 158k because
1: then the number is a lot lower, isn't it? It's not three percent. Yeah, it's like one percent. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. No, it's way less than one percent. What would it be? (laughs) It'd be less,
2: less less than one percent. My point
1: though is is exactly that. Just like when we talk about N1H1, whatever, right? Yeah, you you extrapolate the deaths over your population. It's point zero four seven (laughs) percent. Yes, that's the difference of. What media is saying, you know, we're 3% based on, yeah, that's fine and Danny, but that's not correct. I, I get you. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody has the great opportunity, and it's not a great opportunity to catch COVID. Yes. Do we want to catch, just like everyone has the opportunity to catch the flu. And everyone, I guarantee you, everybody in their life has had the flu. So if you took, if you extrapolate the death toll of last year's flu season, Right, you wouldn't extrapolate it over who caught the flu. You don't have no idea. We didn't test for it, not unless you were absolutely in the hospital for pneumonia, you know, where right. you, where you brought to the hospital. So you'd have to just assume those numbers are, are assumptions on okay. a modeling thing. Okay, so you have to take the total number of deaths divided by our total population, three hundred twenty million, and there's where you're at at less than one half of a percent. Yeah, 0.04. Well, okay, so I it's.
2: Point zero, zero, 0.000, I'm sorry, 0.047879. Yeah, and if you
1: percent. do it for Nevada and their pop, just Clark County alone, it's like point zero, 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 0.00005 or some shit.
2: Yeah, it's really low. It's super low. So right here, they're saying that the H1N1 2009 flu pandemic was estimated that for the world's population, um, Estimated that point zero zero one percent to point zero zero seven percent of the world's population died of respiratory complications associated with H one N one. That's a
1: lot of people if you are talking about the world. That's the world population. So that's point zero zero one percent. So what is that? Eight billion? That's eight or nine billion people. Yeah. So one percent? That's no, it's not one percent. Point zero zero one. So what does that come out to? That's a that's still a ton of people. Eight million. That's a lot of people. I don't dude.
2: know. I got to do the math. I'm not, I
1: can't do it in my head. I know. I know. It's okay. But that's that's the stuff that just it irks me, man. My calculator don't go that high. <laughs> <laughs> not and it's nothing to do with you. And and I thought the same way. You know, well, let's divide that total deaths into total cases. But you really can't. Because you're just confirming on people that have physically gotten tests. How many people, and we've no, had this sense. argument. I like that, yeah. How many people have we told to go home, stay home 14 days? Hell, they're not even testing nurses or anybody in the medical field. They're not even sending them in for tests. They're just telling them to stay home, come back when you're three days post-asymptomatic, right. whatever. Right. There's a lot of people not being tested, and there's a lot right. of people that are being tested. Right. I wonder how many of them, you know, are are getting it twice and all that other stuff. But I don't know. I, I yes, do I want to be on the? I don't want to be the point zero zero, you know, four percent.
2: No, but that's eight million people. At the point zero zero one percent that died worldwide, globally. If there's eight billion, If we estimate there's eight billion people worldwide. It's eight million people. Eight million people died from H one N one. It's insane, dude. And
1: and we're at we're at, at what a. Uh,
2: Glo- globally on coronavirus, half a million globally on coronavirus, we're at 691,000.
1: Just not there yet.
2: Glo- that's global,
1: yeah. I- I'm saying we're not, we're not near now. You can say social distancing is what's helping. You can, I guess, you can argue masks, even though I think it's ridiculous, yeah. But you can throw that into the mix. I mean. What they, they said something interesting on that on that CDC piece. Yeah. Something about um, the majority of, of the forecast assumes that um, existing measures such as social distancing or wearing face masks will stay the same in upcoming weeks. Ten models assume that social distancing will change in the future and affect the number of cases and deaths see i I still think social distancing is the way to go i I think it's I think it's the well, most effective way
2: only for the the at risk people because what did Sweden do?
1: They didn't lock down no, their kids are in school okay you know and but then the the argument goes, and the teachers go, but see, you have to say that for everything right for what kids are germ magnets or kids you know. But they were the
2: ones affected in H1N1 in 2009. They were the ones dying. But
1: I'm just saying that that's the risk you have when you're a teacher. You're going to be around sick kids. Now, you would think in this day and age that people that have a sniffling child or a temperature child will keep them home. The only problem is, well, they probably would be home. Because, you know what, half the people, especially speaking for Nevada, mm-hmm. are not even back to work yet. They won't be back to work.
2: <laughs> There's going to be, this town is going to suffer.
1: It's going to suffer bad.
2: For a long time. So,
1: so if they're you not. You
2: might be getting $2 steak and eggs for uh, to get people to come
1: back. Yeah, like if, if, if they're not back to work, well, then they're going to be home. They're going to be able to keep their child at home. Right. They should be able to do the right thing is what I'm getting at. But how are they going to afford to feed them? What do you mean? <laughs> school Schools give, Clark County gives away free food to all these kids. These kids can get meals every day they go to school. They go But they're to not school. going to school. Well, I'm sure parent. you know, I can't worry about every I'm, parent out I there. I can't but, either. But what I'm saying to you is that
2: you can't say that they're going to eat at the school when the kids aren't even going to school. Of this 0.01% yeah, right? death rate,
1: glow, like U.S. based death rate. Just do Nevada. 800 it's and something divided by. 800 deaths. Just Clark County, 2.3 million divided by 800. Yeah. It's, it's so minuscule it's right incorrect. now. Correct. It's now, nothing. Don't get me wrong, people. There are people in the hospital. The Clark County, I mean, the numbers for Nevada, there's, you know, 900. Let's see. It's uh page me, one.
2: Page one, let me pull it up.
1: There's for Clark County, there's nine hundred and forty seven
2: current hospitalizations confirmed, two hundred and five rule out or suspected cases.
1: So a little over uh, eleven 1, hundred. Yeah. And then there's three hundred and twenty six in the ice. There there are sick people out there. There are sick. There's gonna be sick people. Yeah, but there's sick people there there's this also me off because there's sick people like Not everyone is, first off, everyone who's listening who's in Nevada. Let's make this very clear. At least I can speak for my hospital. I'm not naming names, obviously. But just for our hospital, what I can see, you know, 20% COVID, 30% COVID maybe. We're full. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're 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 not at max capacity. We're always full. We talked about. Yeah, I've never
2: I've never operated in a situation where the hospital was.
1: Well, we got fifty percent capacity, but I think for Nevada, I mean, especially for Las Vegas, I think you know hospitals need to keep a better eye on their staff. They need to make sure that they're getting their sleep. They're not being asked to come to work five, six days a week because of shortages that's constant though like there's a lot of things that that employers should really work the problem is is that because that it's a global pandemic it's global so we'll just we'll take out the global it's United States pandemic right now there's nurses that you would normally bring in they call travel nurses you would normally bring in you're not bringing them in they're going to who's got who's paying the highest dollar?
2: Yeah, who's got the big bucks? Who's got the big bucks? I get offers all every day from travel agencies because I was going to travel for a while. Yeah, I still get offers
1: every a- day. Absolutely, I've seen offers as high as five thousand a week. I've seen it. Uh, yeah, like to New York, I've seen it almost six. Yeah. My, my point though is we're not getting the people that we normally would have gotten, and they're it's, not available. And it's summertime, folks. It is summertime. So when winter time comes, yeah, and you know a good analogy is um, Game of Thrones. I never saw that show. Oh my god! I'm I'm one of the five people who's never seen that show. It's okay. You're one of the five people, maybe the five people that listen to this podcast, watch (laughs) the show, so they know what I'm talking about. When they say winter's coming, I'm telling you right now, winter is coming, and there's nothing stopping. Now you may see more of an elderly prop. Elderly population getting sick because they're now coming from wherever they're coming from, Chicago, East Coast, whatever they're coming to Nevada to get out of the winter time. Yeah, and they're coming here.
2: Florida is going to get hit the same way. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of East Coast New Yorkers go to Florida for the their winter. The retirees.
1: Only, yeah, the only saving grace I can see is that you're not stuck in an air conditioned room in One, the winter. And here, yeah, you yeah. can at least be outside if you want to go to dinner. You can probably eat outside. You could probably not be so confined to a small space. Yeah. You know, which is which is one of the, the things we've mentioned in previous podcasts. So... I, I just, you know, I just get... I just... I would love to see some thought on getting some things taken care of here. You know what I mean? We're getting the right... The, the people, maybe having hospitals collaborate with each other... We've got to figure something out because it's, it's, you know, it's just, unco- it's an uncomfortable situation from a healthcare worker.
2: Yeah. But I think when we touched on in the early part of this segment is that the mask thing is annoying, but you would rather nobody, like nobody be able to wear a mask or just don't do it because you think it's a problem. I'm actually fine with people who believe they need to wear one or feel more comfortable doing it. I'm fine with them wearing one. That's not my problem. My problem is them telling me that I need to wear one to protect them. I'm like, well, if you've got a fucking mask on, aren't you protected? Right. I thought the whole but I as go- the
1: numbers show dude that you're not but you know and I'm fine with that too listen you want to I wear a mask now it's not like I'm fighting the system I
2: wear one every day at work I wear one in every store I go in I follow the rules I'm not being a jerk
1: you know listen you know we mentioned you know are you the guy that actually pushed the cart into the cart rack or are you the guy that just throws the cart <laughs> yeah you know at the front of your I, I'm 50 50. I've I've decided. I've thought about that question. I'm 50-50. fifty. You, 50. <laughs> I'm so always putting
2: my car in the car I, rack, all every
1: time. Well, then you should be the one that follows the rules all the time. I no do. issues.
2: I do follow
1: the rules. But, Doesn't mean I like it. Yeah. So I don't like I don't like the rules, but I have to do it because I have to do it for my kids' sake.
2: Yeah, I got to keep my. I job. can't
1: listen. The, the local hockey center stopped all, stopped all. Um, winter session and three on three skating, not because there was an increase of children getting COVID because the families were bringing in first off, they were told, you know, listen, if you bring your child to this facility, you need one, you need one, uh, one parent parent there. Yeah. Well, there was like five people brought mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, everybody. Some were wearing masks. Some weren't wearing masks. Like, so, they shut it all down. So, the only reason why I'm wearing a mask, so it doesn't get shut down. You know what I mean? I'm trying to do this so my kids can still have Some n- a semblance normalcy. of normal life. Yeah. Like, it's, it's... So, some Karen probably called the state yeah. and reported them for, you know, large gatherings. Now, shame on them for not, you know, mandating it or, you know, enforcing it or whatever you want to call it. Now, my son... And everybody else's children are out of the leaks. So now they're they're doing all these, you know, one on one things. But you know what's amazing for them, it's all fees. <laughs> they're making oh, yeah. they're probably making way more money doing that than they would to spend five hundred dollars on a ten week session. Right. They're they're probably pulling in five hundred dollars in ten weeks just on stupid stuff. Right. So I wear a mask. So as my children and anybody else's children can do the things that they love to do. Because, honestly, I wouldn't wear a mask. I wouldn't. No. I'd be that guy that left that cart in front of my car. <laughs> You're the dick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would be. because I, I'm, but, but I don't. I, I, I put it into the rack because, it, it, number one, it is the right thing to do. And I'm saying that, yes, it is the right thing to do to wear a mask for my children's sake. Yes, that's I'm I agree. not doing it for anything other than I a... like
2: I like that mask. I almost bought it, but my wife who sometimes, well, a lot of time is a good judge of whether I should or shouldn't do something that I think is a little out of line.
1: Oh yeah, what was that mask?
2: It said, uh, "I'm only wearing this mask to keep my job." <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh i love it i saw somebody that had a mask that said i don't know i am wearing the mask uh, for blah 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 and if you don't like it i could always turn it up turn it inside out and they flip it inside out and it's like supports trump or whatever oh god <laughs> just like you're just like doing it you know to piss somebody off and then you're like oh yeah i'm a trump supporter on top of it or oh whatever. yeah that, that pisses off a lot
2: of people um not me i don't care either way whatever i just doesn't
1: matter. I know you don't. Two geriatrics. We're, running. we're not here to get political, but we, we got to throw in some politics here because politics does dictate. It does now, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. That's the
2: problem. Because if you listen to what Fauci said in March, I was with him. I was on. I was on the Fauci team. I was like, "Wow, finally a medical professional that you know is high up in the." system and he's
1: saying appropriate stuff. Yeah, the things that we that we on the ground are doing. Make sense to us.
2: Yeah. Like I agreed with him then. He's like, you don't need to wear masks. And this cavalier delivery of that comment was very apropos. It was very much like I would have delivered the comment in that same setting. So I thought it was on par with normalcy. And as this entire system has become more politicized we've now become it's now become an issue where oh yeah people are changing their tune <laughs> even changing even what he's changing his tune right and, and, I, and i i have a hard time believing anymore if you're if you're willing to change your position because of a scientific reason correct different
1: and there's nothing wrong listen the whole scientific world is to have a hypothesis right it's something that you think if x and z makes y or whatever th- that's how we're going to try to make that happen mm-hmm. and if it doesn't happen it's that's okay that's right. absolutely okay because the scientific world they we debate things we talk about things and we actually do them to try to 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 make our hypothesis you know prove a it reality no prove it
2: yeah. yeah
1: so the struggle you know like the this conversation should happen and you should never be told to not talk about what's going on in your state or in your town you know you should right. never be you should ne- never be in a position where you feel like you cannot have the conversation like fauci's having a candid conversation with a uh, with somebody in march abc or whatever mm and he's just off the cuff. This is how I feel because it, the reality of it is at that time he felt that it was stupid. Now, he has every right to to amend or change, but is he doing it based on data that supports it? Or is he doing it because it's just easier to to, to go with the mob mentality than it is to really have your own opinion on it? And that's that's where I struggle with. Like Thomas
2: Edison was quoted as saying, "I didn't fail; I just found two thousand ways to not make a light bulb." (laughs) Yeah, because he they asked me to like two thousand times trying to make a light bulb.
1: Yeah, but he he, once again he was he was proving his
2: hypothesis correct or incorrect. Yes, during the entire process.
1: I mean, hey, if you guys have if you guys have hypothesis on things and want to bring it up, bring it up.
2: Yeah, email I mean, us at info at If you email us your hypothesis, we'll I'll do the research and I'll find out if it applies. If anyone else, I guarantee you, I almost guarantee you. I shouldn't always put that as a hundred percent stamp because there's someone's kind of coming with some wild that I wouldn't even have thought of.
1: How about this? How about this? We have we have one follower on medically unbiased on Twitter. The first person that <laughs> follows us listening for this podcast. Gets a mention on the next podcast. How about that? Yes, yeah. we'll, we'll get you an extra follower. We we'll get you. One you two. follow us. Well, yeah, you'll get the extra follower. You'll get but, one more. But follower. we will mention it on the next podcast because right now it's just it's just one person, one lonely person. But yeah. you know, hey, uh, we like that lonely person. We do, and you know we we bring these questions up, these concerns up medically. We know we have a lot of other ideas that we want to bring onto this podcast. Uh, we want to talk about nursing. We're both nurses. Uh, we want to talk a little bit more about, you know, the effects of nursing as a new grad Yeah, coming into the, the world of nursing, especially in this day and age. Right. Right. How about this folks? If you want, if you become an, a new grad nurse, pick, pick you. I bet you get the pick of the litter of where you can start your career off at. How yeah. much you want to bet? You yeah. want to go into ICU? Absolutely. Yeah. You're going into ICU. Right. You want to go to medical, which is you know medical med surge floor. That's all day, right? You want to go to intermediate care, progressive care? You got it, right? You know, though those those opportunities for people that are interested in going into nursing school are there for sure, one hundred percent. Because they're if not they're not going away, if they're allowing people to come out of retirement who haven't worked in five years years, or 20 years or whatever to get their license renewed and to get back into the field is because there is a need. So we, we have, you know, we want to not necessarily talk about COVID every single time, but we do want to incorporate some, some stuff that onto this medically unbiased podcast that we think it's important. Yeah. And interesting. And I think it would be interesting, you know, especially if you're, you're on the fence. You know, oh, I'm 30 or 40 years old. Should yeah. I go into nursing? Yeah, why not? You're right. You know, why not?
2: No, this is a great topic for next time. We'll bring that up. We'll talk about how you get into the medical field, what what prompted me as an electronics engineer Ooh, to yeah. change careers and become...
1: Multiple careers.
2: Yeah, to become a medical professional. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, because there's some... There's some good, that's some good stuff there.
1: It is. I mean, you know, the money's not terrible.
2: No, but the longevity is perfect.
1: It's perfect.
2: So I hope you had fun listening to our podcast. uh, And we'll check you next time.
1: You've been listening to
0: Medically Unbiased. Visit our website at medicallyunbiased.com.
2: Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Medically Unbiased. Listening to this podcast does not create a doctor-patient relationship. The Medically Unbiased podcast is for general information purposes only. Thanks for
0: listening.